It's the Daily Talk Show episode 438. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this literally happens every single time. Uh, we're with the true podcast professionals, Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Would we call ourselves that? Probably Absolutely not. not. We're all making it up, aren't we? I feel, well, I feel like every time we see you guys, you've had a glow up in your setup every single time. There's like a new technology that you're using and this is beyond anything that Zara and I can imagine doing with our own We're podcast. waiting on our glow up. We <laughs> see this as a we, see, we have more blow-ups and glow-ups. <laughs> <laughs> From the outside, they look like glow-ups. Yeah. Internally, blow-ups. I do, I do now, like we've that. actually had less blow-ups, haven't we? Yeah. I heard because you've been meditating, Tommy. Yeah, I mean, that helps too. But I think when we, so 309, you were last on. We were in a different studio. We were hot. Josh was sweaty. You were hot. Knees weak, arms. No, <laughs> no it was extremely. I mean, it, it would have been February or something. I feel like the weather would have mm-hmm. just, we didn't have air con. Well, I think last time we were talking about um, you girls and people seeing and, and calling out that you girls are having a fucking yes. little tiff. Oh, my God, they were because you know what had happened? Zara had just quit her full-time job. Mm-hmm. And I think there was probably a tiny kernel of truth to some of that commentary because we were working full time together and literally living on top of each other half the time in a non-sexual way. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, 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 in a very and that we Just probably, a bunk bed, bunk We beds. probably were clashing it, not a lot, a mm-hmm. tiny, tiny, tiny bit because we were just figuring it out. It was the very beginning. It was like the infancy of mm. shameless early. media. So I think it took us a while to actually navigate that and figure out how to work together and how to pick up on each other's cues that maybe we need some time apart. It's only with hindsight that we've been able to see that. Like we weren't yeah. able to see that at the time. I think once we found our strides, we were looking back on that time thinking maybe we were a bit shorter with each other than mm. we needed to be, mm. but we didn't know that that's what we were doing at the time. I think the shit stirrings at a great level between you two. Like, hey, listen. <laughs> High or low? Uh, no, 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 like at a, at a good quality, like <laughs> mateship, you know, you just, you, you give them shit. Like. Shit well, stirring, I think, happy um, medium. Yeah. We've had a really strong friendship ever since we met, but, and it was never like it was in jeopardy when Zara first went, full time with this stuff with me. But I think at the moment we've found a really good balance uh, of working together, working apart and kind of being really brutally honest with each other when we Mm. need some space or we just need to go for a run or go to the gym. I think we're really good at that at the moment. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Do you have specific rituals as a way to make sure that things stay on track? Not really. I don't think so. I think we're pretty good at, I mean, we're doing a bunch of work together, but also separately at the moment. So all the work we're doing is together, but some of it we can do ourselves at home. And I think it's been kind of nice being able to like go into our own little caves and being able to do that. But to be honest, if it gets to the middle of a day and we're both like, God, it's quite intense Mm. just working with one other person. Hey, I'm just going to work from MySpace today. Like it's Mm. basically just making that call. A a lot's happened since we last saw you. I mean, Mr. 97's had two divorces. (laughs) Um, He's on to his third marriage. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) And commiserations all at once. And the new hair colour as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's found love. Lost love. You know. Why didn't we get you on our Bumble podcast? Oh, true. You know what, Nanny Sevs, we never told you this. We actually had an email from a listener who I think you were DMing back and forth and she thought she blew it. So she emailed us asking for love advice of how she could get back in your good books (laughs) and we just didn't reply because we're like, you know what, we've put ourselves enough into Mr. 97's love life. no one knows. We don't know. The (laughs) Da Vinci Code. That's his nickname now. How do we crack you, Nanny he, um, he's actually committed to the boys. Oh. <laughs> he's even said, he's like, I'm just. I'm as just in the in, podcast. As in us. <laughs> yeah. I just oh. like working. I'm, I'm happy with that, mate. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. You're a great employee. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've committed to 10 years of doing the podcast. Is yeah. that being something that you guys have talked about where it's like, we are going to commit to X amount of time? No, to be honest, we get asked this a lot. Mm. Um, 
we did an interview a couple of weeks ago with a journalist and she was like, so what's the big picture plan? And I think every time someone asks us that, we don't actually know. I definitely see us doing the podcast 10 years down the track. But I think given we've worked in digital media since we left university, we figured out that this, the industry changes so quickly mm-hmm. and it evolves all the time and the metamorphosis of media and what type of content we're all consuming changes. And I feel like if we had something in the future really long term, we would kind of get tunnel mm-hmm. vision. So we want to have our periphery open and be looking around to be open to moving and kind of shape shifting because it's that's funny what we've though, already done. Because I think the only times we ever have these long-term conversations are when we're being interviewed. Yeah. Like we both sit there and they're like, oh, what's our long-term plan? I don't know. I've never spoken to you about it, but this is what I think. And then we walk off and we never have the conversation again. I think there mm. is like a, an implicit understanding that this is a very, very long-term thing. Mm. And I think we're quite flexible with what that looks like. But with regards to some sort of timeline, there's nothing there. Mm. I think that's good. I think like that's all you can sort of do, even though we. I think I'm. I force the ten years upon <laughs> no, us. No, but I, I tell you the alternative perspective to that is. Oh, I'm sure yours is far more valid. No, than no, ours. no, no. Because no, I've been in that place of not really having. I want to be fluid and you know all of that. But I think when someone asks you the question, an answer can be better than sort of wishy-washiness, uh, a, a, if, even if well, that's the truth. A bullshit answer, I mean, I guess that's what we've built our whole lives on. It's like a, a lot of bullshit answers that then we aren't necessarily married to if it doesn't mm. work out. Totally. Well, um, we both know that we're super committed to it mm-hmm. and I think that's the main thing and I think we both know that Shameless Podcast will probably live on in some form, whatever that form is, for decades. But as far as podcasting for 10 years, I uh, probably, but I'm I mean, I would sure. like to, I really enjoy the job. And if mm. the market's still there and the audience is still there, absolutely. I guess it's that it's when someone asks you, what do you do? And you know, it's like having a solid rock solid answer. It either makes you out like a psycho. Cause you just like, you know, you reverse engineering it, you know, in 10 years, you know, that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I, I think coming up with it and I've always, it's, it's all about audience, right? Who are you speaking to? Yeah to even have a good answer for it. Because if we're talking to a young kid and talking 10 years about doing this podcast, you'd be like, oh, won't really care. Mm. But mm. I think it, it cements you as something. But you've had a bunch of success since we last saw you. Love, et cetera, she's on the money. Yeah. How, are you have, how are you celebrating? We're not. Probably not enough. And this is something I'm glad you actually brought that up. We, um, Some of the people we met when we did Mechaland with Gemma Watts, we co-hosted with her in May, some of the really successful people we came across told us like celebrate the small wins and make sure you celebrate them well. Otherwise they pass you by and you completely forget about them. Like episode 100. Yeah, we missed episode 100. I think um, we did celebrate something earlier this year. I can't remember what it was So we were at Mechaland and we had won an award at the Australian Podcast Award and Jules Von Hepp was there and he um, is this like celebrity fake tanner and he's created this amazing fake tan brand called Isle of Paradise, which is just like a machine in the industry. And he literally sat us down over drinks and was like, if you don't go out for dinner after you've won this award, I will kill you. I mean, like I don't think he was going to kill us because Mm. he lives in London. Um, But we thought, okay, we actually really should do this because he said "You, you don't seem to be celebrating anything and you need to really celebrate these wins. So we went out for dinner after that. We haven't done anything since. And I think we should. It's The year's been a bit of a blur though. I think mm. every time something happens and we say to each other, hey, that's like quite a good job, we then say, okay, what's next? There is one deal that we're waiting for the dotted line to be signed. And once that happens, we already have like a planned dinner that we're going to go away with our partners and celebrate do that we? together. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, yeah, looking forward to that. But there are so many things like really big picture plans where it takes so long to actually come into action that 
by the time it does mm. get signed off or it is approved, mm. it feels like it's been months in the making anyway. So it's kind of a weird. And I think my mental process is probably very unhealthy around it, but I also don't want to get ahead of ourselves too quickly. Like I want to keep my head down and I want to keep our heads down and doing the work and I want the work to be the focus. I don't want to keep looking up being like, how amazing is that? I want to mm. keep it in the work. Well, it's always sound boring. The fi- well, it's the fine line <laughs> because it can be productive and... Distracting. Distracting, yeah. Well, if it's a marathon... Like when are you meant to celebrate a marathon? And if you're celebrating halfway through, are you, slowing da- are you slowing down as you're putting your arms <laughs> And then someone overtakes us yeah, at the last exactly. I'm sure this makes no sense, but I also think no, I the minute it. you start celebrating, it's like I don't want us to rest on our laurels because mm-hmm. I don't think that we're at the point that we want to be at yet. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's not to say you shouldn't celebrate little wins along the way. We should pat ourselves on the back mm. more because I don't want us to burn out or not feel like we appreciate ourselves enough. But I think it's probably not a bad thing because – you constantly are showing up. So it's not like you've done something huge and then it'd be like uh, making a documentary and then celebrating and then you've got nothing to work on. Yeah. You've worked on it for two years. That would be hard because then you're like, oh, I've got to find my next thing. But when you actually have to release a podcast on Monday and Thursday and, you know, you've got the other gals releasing podcasts and that that's when you've really got to, it makes you, then you're showing up. It's like back well, to work. We're still working. Yeah. We're still yeah, doing yeah, yeah, yeah. something. Yeah, no, maybe you're right. Should we go out for dinner tonight? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just a little cheeky okay. man does. <laughs> 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 I'll tonight, but maybe another night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fine. How, how do you work out whether you are, like say weekends, for instance, mm. when are you working on weekends, when are you not working on weekends? <laughs> to be honest, I probably cross the line a little mm-hmm. too much and Zara's good at telling me and often I will look at our text conversation and see that there's a whole lot of blue bubbles and not many grey bubbles in response. I often spam her. I think it's <laughs> tricky, right? And mm. you guys would know this, like digital media, especially m- I'm kind of controlling social media for Shameless and I'm kind of controlling the community side and Zara controls like logistics and planning and um, she's really, really talented at that stuff. So I think when my head is constantly in the now of Mm -hmm. Instagram and Facebook and all that type of stuff, I am probably thinking about things and sending them her way when she's very meticulous with how you plan and forward plan. I mean, I don't even, I don't think I even tell you that I'm not engaging in the conversation. I just, you just don't, just don't engage. engage. <laughs> Is it because a- truly if I'm out and I'm, I, I'm pretty meticulous about my time. And I think if I'm with my friends or I'm with my family, I want to be there. It's hard at the moment because work tends to infiltrate everything and it can. I think the nature of how we communicate needs work in terms of not how we physically communicate, but the platform we do so. I mean, we're on iMessage all the time, which is so not healthy. If I'm mm-hmm. t- going between social conversations and work conversations, it literally feels like all you're doing is working. We work through the weekend, I would say, pretty confidently. I mean, it's a weird kind of work because you're in the Facebook group or you're on Instagram and you're doing a bunch of different stuff and I think you're working when you don't realise you're working. And we decided to release a podcast every Monday and every Monday's podcast is topical. So Mm. it needs to be done on the weekend. So we're often recording on the weekend and editing on a Sunday night. So by virtue of that, we have to be working. You've had a lot of success with the uh, Apple podcast charts. Yes. Has the relationship changed with the charts and how you view them? Because we, we had a tiny bit of success over like two days and then we got excited for a bit and then we're like, it's not something that we necessarily measure how we're going. How, well, how, how do you well, reconcile? Well, they're so fickle, right? They're very fickle. We're quite clinical about mm. how we think about them um, and we know that they serve a purpose 
and that is literally maybe just being visible enough to drive new listeners. It's not like a measure of our worth mm. by any stretch, mm. like at all. I don't ever look at it as a measure of our worth. But to be honest, we're quite clinical in that. Let's try to get it to a certain point so that we drive new listeners. And once that's done, I'm not that fussed about it. So you don't look at Chartable? No. no. What's that? Oh, great. Char- I look at Chartable and we, we don't even get into the chart. What's Chartable? Well, Chartable, of course um, you do. You can, type in, you can type in a podcast name and it will show you where they're in the charts. We're a shameless at the moment, Mr. 97. And it will have like, um, yeah, it's great because you can sort of see people's uh, growth over time. So you can see rather than just if they've just jumped in for one yeah. one day or whatever, you can you, see how they're well, impressed. You probably have a different mindset if you're looking at Chartable. Yeah. yeah, well, I think the thing that I've learned is it's not about going in once. It's probably just consistently being in the top 50 mm. would be good. But, again, I we when we found out, I think we're still working on Mia, when we found out that the charts on Apple Podcasts are almost entirely determined by new subscribers, um, top episodes is determined by downloads. So in episodes where often doing very, very well, but in the new subscribers, not mm. always that great. Um, it's been interesting to see she's the money charts really, really well. Yeah, it does because it's constantly finding a new audience and I think that's a really strong part about that podcast in particular. But like we keep coming back to, I would never look at those charts and be like, oh, my God, we're like 50 right now. We suck. Money. Like uh, I really just don't care. It's very relatable. I mean, yeah. everyone has to deal with it. Yeah, and I think it's helpful. I think uh, Victoria and Annabelle on that podcast have been amazing and they've just smashed it and the content's very, very helpful. And I think when people find something helpful, they want to share it. And when you share it, people, new people become mm. into it all well, the time. Well, I think we completely underestimated how hungry women were for money content. Yeah. Like completely underestimated. And I think the success of that podcast has a lot. And do you, what sort of position do you guys play amongst those other podcasts? Are you coaches like what? So we um, we do all the content management. So we come up with all the topics for the shows. We do all of the research for the shows, scripting. We sit in on recordings. So we're the producers. We, we are the them. editors. We did train audio training. We did all. We made all the artwork. Um, we run the it. jingles. We, yeah, I, I, like our fingerprints are all over the entire thing. Like yeah. often we've offered to like run socials, run newsletters, like literally have our hand on all of it I think Mm. because we've got such a content background and we are writers by trade we Mm. kind of can do all of it and we've worked on a brand which is shameless for a year so we kind of now have got a handle on what works and what doesn't when it comes to podcast artwork just like the minutiae of what makes a podcast good. Uh, Michelle you said you you look after all the social stuff Mm. Uh, currently don't have the password to our Instagram account. I I shut uh, everyone I shut everyone off. You are such a dictator. (laughs) (laughs) Well I was just like I wasn't happy I went into DMs and I saw that there were a couple of DMs where there were we liked someone oh, and we didn't nah, write nah, to them and reply. I was like how can we expect to have conversations because I know how much like if someone Sometimes if someone I did that. that. <laughs> no, and, and that's she, why that's why you can't be involved. Yeah, I really don't like <laughs> that, the having password. too much involvement. She um, needs to come to me and get something vetoed. But same with the calendar. <laughs> I can't put anything in our calendar. If someone comes to me and goes, let's do a coffee meeting when are you free, I mm. have to literally be like, Zara's at a dinner right now. I have to wait for her to be back so she can give me a time. Yeah. I think it does work well. It's like well, you, it's for, for money, like finance for us, I'm someone mm. who's quite a loose unit and will just buy stuff. Mm. And so <laughs> Tommy is the good filter of like, hey, is it cool? And receipts, looking after that yeah, stuff. Like, receipts, pain Michelle, how are you with our receipt bank? <laughs> Not great. Just we definitely have our own little areas yeah. and we stick to them. She is actually pretty good at social media, but she doesn't have the patience to respond to people the way I would like them to be responding. Yeah. I think the way that I would put it is you're more front-facing, I'm more back-facing, right? Yes. I would like do more in the business, you would do more front-facing social media mm. brand stuff. It's yeah. why we're sitting this way. 
to be honest. Yeah. It happened last time. Yeah. 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 Hey, guys. I mean, yeah. I'm just not looking as sharp. Yeah. <laughs> right. no, bl- no blazer. I'm never usually this dressed up. We have been somewhere. No, no. You just dressed up for this. <laughs> yeah, we so do. Have you, have you seen... I'm curious in trying the um, the people brands are doing the text messages. Have you seen this stuff where it's like what? it's a, it's like the new thing instead of having an email list. Well, email. Like oh, I hate it. I yeah. hate it when brands text me. Well, I always feel like I get like uh, you know Joey's Pizza. There's mm. a deal like from menu oh, log I'm not or whatever. A fan. Get too out intrusive. Of my phone. <laughs> yeah. It's way too intrusive. I mean, I've won a couple of hundred billion dollars. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> I mean, this is where the studios come from. Oh yeah. I mean, you say how much? Because yesterday I. I had a chat with the guys and like, I want to trial it in some way. How many things are you finding and being like, I want to trial it today versus being patient and rolling things out slowly? What do you mean? So like if you find something new, if you find something, say, new within Instagram, mm-hmm. would you just implement it straight away? No. Uh, it's actually funny you ask that. We yesterday kind of had a quick chat around uh, Instagram TV and how we want to push into it and I actually brought you you boys up and how I like what you guys are doing with Instagram TV. And so uh, she didn't. we're having a meeting. <laughs> I did. I did. Don't mind. You don't need oh. to compliment me either. It was all Josh. No, no, no. <laughs> He's got the password. I, I brought up you guys. Chat, I brought up you guys and I texted Annabelle, who is our new community <laughs> manager, and said, Annabelle, can you have you a look at- You weren't in on these conversations. Though. <laughs> well, I said to her, I'm like, can you actually look at the Daily Talk Show boys yeah. and how they're doing Instagram TV? I want to do Instagram TV. Can you figure out a way that we can do it without- all of the incredible equipment and setup mm. that you guys and, have. And the cute little blonde guy over there. <laughs> yeah, Mr. 97. Mr. 97. Um, so, yeah, things like that we definitely want to push into. But to be honest, I'm very, very strategic about social media and mm. I want things to be right. I don't want to just go into them and half-ass it and yeah. have it be shit content. So It's also a time thing. Yeah, yeah, we're having a meeting next Wednesday. I think you've got to have the time to actually do things properly and I think one thing that we've always held very close to us is doing things properly when we commit to doing them. So if we don't have the time to do it properly Mm. straight away, we're not jumping in. What have you dropped that you weren't doing properly? Twitter. Twitter. Mm. Yeah, ours Um, is just sort of hanging on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thread. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What have we dropped that we haven't? I mean, nothing huge. I'm sure we've pivoted with regards to like how we post, what we post, what mm. we do on social media. Your emails are impressive. It's like the one thing, like it's the most amount of reading I do in a week. I think. Really? Yeah. Oh, the newsletter. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like yeah. it's there's, yeah, you've you've taken your craft and what you're good at and implemented it into the email rather than it just being a couple of banners and some well, click-offs. No, your superpower. It, that is your superpower, mm. you two. And so... If it's not, like think about how much effort that would take for someone who can't string a sentence together, mm. like myself. But it's that would so then it's going, okay, what what am I good at? And should I just do more of that? Well, it was Be- strange for us because people came to know us through the podcast mm. that this wasn't our first love and it wasn't maybe the thing that we were good at. Like it was writing. And that was the thing that we mm. loved the most. That was the thing. And it was strange to us that we had this audience that didn't know us as writers. So we kind of wanted to reintroduce ourselves as writers to them and say, hey, this is the thing that we actually really love doing and mm. this is the thing that kind of makes us incredibly happy and the podcast is a product of that rather than the other way around. And it was Zara's idea to do the <clears> newsletters <throat> as well. I remember she came to me last year when she was still working at Domain and said, let's do a newsletter. And I hadn't even thought of it. Mm. Um, and then... In true Michelle fashion, she says, great, let's do it next week. And I said, <gasps> yeah, which often happens. Zara will have a, like, we'll both come up with an idea together and I'll want to do it ASAP and she'll want to yeah. do it quite I've, I'm seeing similarities oh, in yeah. our, like, <laughs> how yeah. we run. I mean, the interesting thing is I connect the experiences I have about worrying about the small stuff with my anxiety around, like, 
okay, is this actually something that we need to worry about? Mm. Or is this me just like having a freak out moment? Have you done a good job in separating the the stresses of that business stuff versus your mental health? Mm, it's an interesting one. I think uh, at the moment we're having discussions with a few different brands and different companies and stuff for next year. And I think when you're looking at big targets, that can be quite stressful. But at the same time, I think I have such an innate belief in the company and what we're doing that I don't actually find it that anxiety inducing. Mm. I thought I would, and I thought it would be huge pressure on my mental health. But to be honest, no, I think work really, um, it makes me really happy. We're working on a project at the moment that can be quite stressful because I think when you're in the middle of the creative process, there's that really viral meme where it's like, this is shit, I am shit. And mm-hmm. I think we're in the I am shit phase. I'm at definitely the in the I am shit phase. Um, so things like that can be stressful, but I don't think it's a mental health thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a stress thing, which yeah. I'm not sure is the exact same. I well, think what about anxiety- the small, like say for me, it's like say the DM of, uh, us only liking something and not responding. Mm. It's really my, making it out like it was all me, isn't it? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to gesture you. <laughs> I didn't mean to point at you when I, I said did, that. I did realise I gestured, but you did, you did say that it Done was it once you. Or anyway. twice. Um, no, but it's interesting because in high, like I, I can actually see myself externally, like I look at it and being like, you're being unreal. Like I was talking to 97 last, uh, last night, we're talking about like, how we're sending out merch and it's just like I had this vision that we would have custom satchels and the guys brought like plain satchels <laughs> and it's a timing thing because it's going to take three weeks yeah. to print yeah. satchels. There's and also I, get them out yesterday yeah, and get it done. custom satchels yeah, in yeah, three yeah. weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like how many of those little things are you guys? To be honest, we don't focus yeah. on little things at all. I, d- I don't, to be honest, I don't at all because I think I have like this massive obsession with efficiency, like mm-hmm. making sure that things are done and done well and quickly. I remember it was Jamila Rizvi, I think she gave an interview once and she said, I like things to be good enough. And I was like, that's me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to get done in the detail. I think it's a complete waste of time. I like things being done properly, but if something is good enough, I'm going to say, yep, and move on. Mm -hmm. So for us to get bogged down in the small stuff would, I think, divert attention and energy that we actually don't have a surplus of. Yeah. Well, I think Josh's argument to it is these frictions that are driven by anxiety, would you say? Driven by a a certain standard that can translate as anxiety, Mm. move us forward. So it's like hectic, crazy moment, but then we're taking a step forward, which is is the freak out actually. The freak out has, it's almost like the can't celebrate, got to look down, you know, keep looking forward. There's a little bit in it's like I've trained myself that if 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 I do freak out a little bit or go, guys, we need to have a meeting about this. This is like we need to whiteboard it out. We need to sort this shit out. Like that ends up getting getting it done, mm. which um, I don't necessarily know whether I it's good or bad. I think I agree with elements of what you're saying because there has certainly been times where a ball has half dropped and we have like clicked our fingers straight away and we're like, all right, we're pivoting straight away. Yeah. Like it's we have that little freak out mm. and then we're like, all right, things need to change. For example, there was one Friday, I remember so vividly, it was only like a month ago, and too many balls were starting to drop. Like we were completely overwhelmed and we called out Annabelle who hosts our She's on the Money podcast and we basically hired her on the spot. Like having that freak out was quite efficient. See, mm. I love my efficiency because yeah, yeah. mm. we thought straight away, okay, we've been sweating about this, we're stressed about this, let's make a change straight away and push us forward straight away. I think as well those mini freakouts are really great in terms of defining who you are and mm. who you want to be as a brand. And if you don't have those freakouts or have those moments where you're like, what does this say about us? You don't have a really clear shared vision 
So sometimes it can be really good to have those freak out. Is, yeah. it, is it a response to pressure though? I think it's like internal, pre- like part of it's like the storytelling. So we tell a story of like the reason why people listen is because of X, Y, and Z. When yeah. A lot of cases I don't necessarily think it's the case. And especially I think mm. when you're coming from a craft point of view, the difference, if, say for instance, if you're a really good writer and you put together a paragraph or whatever for your email list and you're not necessarily that happy with it, you could easily say like efficiency, we've got to get it out and all that sort of thing. But also you've got to think like, is this filter the standard that I've been using? Well, it's that overlap between efficiency and quality, right? Mm. And I think I would never, ever let quality slip for efficiency. But that said, I think we could spend so much time stewing over things and rereading things Mm. and going over things to the point that it's actually not helpful. Like there have been times where I've punched out an article that I'm not particularly happy with and I will send it to Michelle and I'll be like, I don't know if this is good enough to go out. And then she says, actually, this is some of my favourite writing of yours. Like Mm. you you just have different standards Which is so so fucking annoying, right? (laughs) It happens all the time with Zara. Zara will often send me something where she's like, I have no idea what this is. This is Mm. awful. And I'll read it and be like, that's my favourite thing you've written. Because sometimes it might be coming from a different... So how do we listen to ourselves then? Because if ourselves aren't always right, then who? Which at what point do you go, I feel good about this, this is going to be great? Well, I think that's the perk of having a business partner, mm-hmm. right? I think um, we can kind of recalibrate each other quite well at the moment because one of us might be in a place that is down or low and mm. the other one can kind of lift them up and reassure them and I think we're pretty good at doing that for each other. Also I've heard an argument and I don't know where I've pulled this from but I've listened to a few interviews on like the creative process and creativity and the idea that your opinion actually doesn't matter at all. Mm. Like your opinion on the work that you're doing is not worth that much at all because it's so infused with ego and so infused with bias that you should actually just separate it all together. And with the, some of the stuff that we're working on at the moment I should do that more. Like I should just separate it and say well I, this is the work that I'm doing and my opinion on it doesn't matter. I'll send it to my editor, I'll send it to Michelle, I'll send it to other people. But my opinion right now is completely irrelevant because it's so infused with so much else. And I think that's kind of nice to hold on to too. That's why it's better to have a business partner yeah. and be like, what is this? And for us, one of the re- one of the things that is the antidote to that lizard brain is not um, editing this show. Because yeah. if, if we gave us ourselves that opportunity to look at it. five minutes long if we cut out all the shit that we saw. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And it's why it's great to have a wife that tells you you get a shit haircut and to get it cut like I did yesterday. So <laughs> it looks great, by the way. Thanks, I man. think you guys have been, a compliment. <laughs> it does look great. You Thanks guys have been really wise in doing that, I think, because we had an opposite approach when we began and that was to edit everything. And I think you can definitely go down the route of over-editing and over-curating the content you're putting out. So I think when we first met you guys and saw how you were doing things that probably influenced us a little bit as well to just kind of like press record. Yeah, we do repeat some stuff that we say, like if we stumble Mm. over a word, we'll probably re-repeat that word and cut out the stumble. But I think the amount we were editing has definitely changed since we saw how other podcasters have done it. I think this is definitely the healthier way to do it and it's probably the way that helps you be a better broadcaster. Mm. Yeah, well, it's it's not relying on the post prod, right? Like the yeah. classic line is like, we'll fix it in post. 97 will fix it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, if you've got one shot on stage to nail something. There's presenters and all that sort of I thing. I guess you've got to give it everything. And so it's the, there yeah. is, I guess it's a bit of pressure, pressure behind yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, Zara, you were in New York when, um, was it Love Etc. came out during your holiday? Holiday? Yeah. Yes. I mean, what was what was the learning 
learning there, going going on Don't a holiday. Don't drop a new podcast when you've booked a holiday. Yeah. It's the first one. No, look, I didn't mind it. Like I think the bottom line is we really like the work that we do mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of an unpopular opinion to say that like we don't have any balance and to be honest I don't need huge amounts of balance at the moment. Like that's the truth. I did come out of that holiday thinking that I needed another holiday, which is like <laughs> not very good for the bank yeah. account. Um, but the learnings from that were... I mean, A, we can work remotely and it, and it's fine. Um, I wouldn't probably do it again. I think if we're going to switch off, we should switch off properly, which is something that we really need to do. Um, either we switch off or we don't. Like you work through the weekend or you don't, but don't half-ass anything. Mm-hmm. I think that's something we're coming to. But it was kind of, um, it was strange launching that podcast when we were overseas, when I, I was overseas, sorry. I think it's tricky as well more generally. If you're used to being quite hands-on and in digital media and podcasting or whatever you're doing, that you are switched on, some part of your brain is in work mode probably 24 hours of the day, apart from when you're sleeping maybe. But with going on a break and saying we're not going to work at all can be really disorienting. Mm. I know I find it very disorienting. If I go, actually, I'm not going to think about it at all. I actually, I don't even think my brain's trying to do that, do that anymore. I feel like I have (laughs) to. So high functioning. No, 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 no. No, but I get it. But even being on your phone, switching off is really tricky. And when your work is infused Mm. with the social media apps that everyone uses on their phone on their holiday, I can't really look at Instagram and see it as a social networking app. I can't look at Facebook and see it as a social networking app because basically all I do on those apps is work. And I, when I'm on Instagram, I don't even scroll through the feed. Like it's not like I'm scrolling through and liking my friend's post. I literally go on there to check the shameless thing, post something, respond to DMs or do that on my own personal page. I don't use it for fun at all. So going on a holiday and saying we're not going to do any work is great and we do need to do it because our brains need to get better at that. However, I find it super stressful and super anxiety inducing mm-hmm. actually to be like, what am I doing? There's yeah. such a fine line though. I remember when I was in New York and it was maybe the day before the podcast was about to drop and we realised that it hadn't funneled into Spotify yet. And I was calling Michelle and the hours were super weird and I remember being like, I was on my way to Broadway and I was like on the tube and it was probably like, on my way to Broadway, on the tube, in Broadway. And I realised that I hadn't said a word to the two girlfriends that I was with Mm. for the last hour because I was like on the phone and I was biting my nails and I was so stuck Mm. in my own head and I don't realise that's what I do when I get stressed. I completely zone out. And then I heard them talking about me in a lovely way. But but I think Maddie was like to my other girlfriend, Hannah, like, yeah, yeah, just leave her. Like she hasn't spoken Mm. in a while. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm being so rude. But I think that's what needs to change and that when Mm. I was on a holiday and I was so stressed that I'd gone mute for an hour because I was literally in my own head going Mm. over and over things, which is not ideal either. definitely would not launch another podcast on holiday That's again I think yeah we would definitely make sure that the three weeks we are on but holiday I would are go separate. back away from that and say the reason that we did that that wasn't a silly decision that was a very well thought out decision and it was when we pitched the podcast we said to them we'll go on break and when we're on break we'll pull all our listeners across to this mm. like that was the idea behind it and you can't do that when you're not on break yeah I think the difference will be the podcast we're launching in the future might probably won't have our voices exclusively across them. So it's like you don't need to give them a break from you and then introduce them to a new podcast. It can just be all at once. Like she's on the money. All of these like perfect scenarios don't exist. That's the the other thing that we're experiencing is it's like every – we talk about like the static carpet effect, which was like we just got a bunch of shit sorted, like hard drives and all that sort of thing a few weeks ago. And then I went to to grab one of the drives and I got a little static shock. And I said to 97, I'm like, we're going to fucking sort out this carpet because it's like gives me static shocks. And it's like every single, there's always going to be a static carpet. There's always going to be something that yeah. needs to needs needs to be done. Little spot fires to put out yeah. in front and center. Well, we've realised we get to the end of the week and we always say, oh, what a week. Well, can't wait for the next one. And then I'm like, hang on. 
like maybe this is just our job. Yeah. Like maybe our yeah. job is putting out those spot fires and getting to the end of the week being like that was a lot and a lot of little things to sort out but mm. maybe that's the new normal and the, the faster we get used to that the better it is. Mm. Well, Josh and I talk a lot about uh, what business do we want to create and so we've worked in you know, a bunch of different companies and so you get to start you get to understand, okay, we don't want some huge agency where we're just highly stressed and, you know, money's the main focus. And so we're then trying to create a lifestyle around what we do. Has there been a thought for you girls uh, launching these other two podcasts, which bring on more pressure and stress? And mm. are you starting to see that? With regards to not wanting to do a high pressure or trying or like to the, just what, what, what you actually enjoy and what you don't enjoy. I mean, it's not like we've had firm conversations about it. We know the kind of workplace that we want to create. We know the kind of content that we Mm. want to push out. And I think that's the fundamental baseline of the conversations that we have. With regards to anything else, I think we're pretty good at, like Michelle said, like if we're working too much on the weekend, at tapping out. And and I think that Mm. sort of inference about how much we want to work and what kind of workplace we want to do is there. But, again, look how bad at communicating we seem. What do you think? Do we seem bad? (laughs) Um, No, because we're like, we haven't had that conversation. There is a lot of implicitness to what we do, I think, Mm. in our relationship with each other. Yeah, Because we're very much in sync. Yeah, totally. And I also think there's like areas that we've defined recently that we absolutely hate doing. Yeah. Like we hate editing the podcast. Yeah. Hate it. Um, we can't wait to hire someone to come on and do it for us because it's just dead time that's like two hours a week. Does it feel like it's something that anyone can do? Because yes. you hear about vloggers who are like, that's more w- where the craft happens. It feels that's like where it's something we're not good at, yeah. which mm. is sucking our time, that there are a lot of people out there that are good at. Mm. You know what? It would be if someone came onto the show and said, I'm going to manage content and I'm going to manage what segments you do, I would absolutely spin out. I would yeah. not be able to have that happen uh-huh. at all. Actually editing it and be like, this sound effect goes here, this sound effect goes here, whatever. I'd be totally fine with them doing that. But if anyone tried to put their hands on the content and the ideas and the segments, absolutely yeah. not. Do you think you girls are risk takers? Ah, uh, risk takers. Mm. I don't know. Well, I, do you guys think we're, I don't know. Probably yeah, I think not. anyone that's going upstream, I think what you guys are doing is mm. not the, the normal thing. Yeah. And I think that takes maybe not re- like self-belief. Uh, yeah, I was just about to say I'm pretty risk averse generally. Mm. Like my personality is incredibly risk averse. So I think there is an element of from the outside it looking far riskier than it is yeah. and I think that comes from having incredible mm. self-belief in what you're doing because if you do very much believe in what you're doing and what you're pushing out and the audience that you have then it doesn't feel very risky from the inside. Mm. And it's also belief in where everything's going. Exactly. Like you're on like the right side of all of all of this stuff. Well, I think the magic of it all and I was thinking about this the other day and talking with Zara about it last night is that we're creating for ourselves. Like Mm. we're creating content and we're doing things that are kind of adapting to what we're already doing as consumers. Like Zara and I love podcasts. We love video content. We love written content. And we're literally creating for ourselves and our sisters and our cousins and our friends. And while that might seem risky in a job sense, we also know that the audience is there because we are the audience. So it doesn't feel as risky to us Mm. because it seems so obvious that of course people would want to have this kind of content because I want this content. And I'm a basic bitch. <laughs> well, so you are. No, I mean, yeah, you think about like the awesome community. Like when uh, when I'm watching The Bachelor uh, with Brie, my girlfriend, she'll oh, be I, I love can, the disclaimer in there, with Brie. No, but I'll, uh, I can actually go on my phone now because she's in the shameless community yeah. like commenting <laughs> and it's like the best out for me because I can be on it. It's like we're both on our phones 
and she's connecting with people and I'm connecting with people. Those threads are wild as well. We do, um, we have survivor threads on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and we have bachelor <laughs> threads on Wednesday, Thursday, and they're crazy time. Yeah. I, I love that it's a, um, it's so much more than a podcast. Like mm. I think if anyone that thinks that Shameless and thinks podcasts, I think they're like missing like the 90% really? of the whole thing. Are you boys going to open a Facebook group? I mean, Josh doesn't have it. You have Facebook? Yeah, I I, I uh, re re got a new Facebook re- and re got a new re- Facebook. Re- what did, what did I, I signed up again? Well, because I yeah. I completely no well, you no, went no, on no. Your oh, no. I like actually I retired from social yeah. media. Ah. Completely got off it. Yeah, but that worked out really I well mean, for you. Yeah, I know. But the thing, <laughs> but this a is the reformed thing. man. Yeah, you look at it. I know. Now I've just you've really full, been hoeing yourself junkie. out on Instagram well, since you've been back oh, too. Like real hard. But this is the thing, like Facebook, because I actually went when I logged in. I saw that I created like the first few weeks of us doing the podcast. I created the the daily talk show. I called the Street Team. Yeah, that like people could become a member. Surely of, which you is... could turn the Gronks into a Facebook group. That yeah, would be so engaging. Definitely, but I think it's that conversation of what aren't you good at? Twitter, you know, you you're not you're not, you're not yeah. giving it everything. Mm. And and I think, you know, we need I, to respond to our DMs. Gary Vee's approach is that entrepreneur dude. Yeah, he, yeah. he does everything right. Mm. He's like get it out on absolutely everything. And then there's another school of thought, which is do a couple of platforms really, really well. Yeah, which I is agree probably with more Seth Godin. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think that's more us because we know where our audience is, and yeah. it's not like we're trying to target everyone. We're yeah. not. We're trying to target a specific demographic. We know where they live, so it makes sense for us to do them both. Properly. And you guys do do Instagram really well. Like your Instagram lives are also really engaging. I remember one time we asked for a shout out. <laughs> oh my god! Right. Yeah, and then someone says. Do you guys know a Zara? <laughs> yeah, that was 3D deal. She detail. keeps spamming was, me. That, that, that we were on a tram and we were watching was, the whole thing. Yeah, I was watching the whole thing like spamming you both. So and then it's about finding the thing that we actually enjoy because mm. if we didn't enjoy the Facebook thing, mm. it'd be hard. Well, to be honest, like looking at how Brie interacts with, with Facebook, it's not how I even see Facebook. Like for me it seems like a yeah. forum or it seems mm. like – even though it's called called that, it's it's actually quite strange seeing her interact with it because my thoughts or experience around Facebook are the uh, everyone you grew up with in school. Yeah, like, yeah. That's my the news face- feed. Yeah. It's interesting. I only use Facebook to go into the group now. Yeah, same. Yeah. I don't think I've looked at the the news feed in months. I reckon there would be a bunch of people that just have the app for. We community. have said, a few listeners have said, I re-downloaded Facebook mm. or I got on a Facebook account just so I can join the group. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy in there. And so if if you start, did you have, I mean, you start a community and a page in mm. mind of growing it, right? Mm. But then if it doesn't work, I think this is the hard thing. You found success quite early, mm. which is amazing. And so when when we've got two people in our feed, it's like, mm. It's know, awkward. We are saying doing well, a live yeah. with one person on there is just like a FaceTime call. Yeah. <laughs> Very um, uncomfortable. I think very few creative people actually talk about that phase. I remember when I started blogging when I was 20, it's incredibly embarrassing and uncomfortable to start something. But I think until you actually kind of push it out there and just give it a go, no one's going to be able to find it. So um, yeah. with the Facebook group, I mean, I remember the first time Zara and I saw someone join who wasn't one of our family or friends. And yeah. we were like, oh my God. Like, who this is are you and what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. And it, it's funny because... We were so embarrassed. I remember being so embarrassed even to invite my best friends into the group or my sisters because I'm like, yeah, we're trying this weird thing and it's a little bit different yeah. and there's every single chance in the world that this might fail. And nobody talks about that, about like uh, people want to do 
things. They want to go work for themselves, but nobody talks mm. about that sense of discomfort that comes from the start of telling people that that's the thing you're trying to do because I think people naturally roll their eyes and they don't mean to, but I think we do live in a culture where people, the people that try to work against mm. the grain or, I don't know, push against the status quo, it's embarrassing and yeah. it's awkward and it's not cool by any stretch. Well, you, start, you only start with one person and that's the thing. Always. It's even yeah. like yeah, yeah. with business, you start by making a dollar and then $10 and then a hundred and a thousand, a million. But everyone's mm. like, I think they're, as a culture, a society, we're constantly thinking about if you've got a podcast, you're broadcasting to heaps of people. It's such a but, good yeah, point. But there's a, there's a day one where it's like Tommy and... If, if we look at the, our graph and we look at the first month, it's yeah. like we didn't t- tell anyone for the first 20 episodes. Really? And it's, yeah, mm. and we yeah. would have had like five five yeah. listeners yeah. probably. You so know? then yeah. do you think it's productive? Say, for instance, now this podcast has the most listeners it's ever had. Mm-hmm. And I feel ten more. listeners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've doubled. Welcome yeah. all ten yeah. of you. Thank you for being here. But I'm more confident in telling people because I'm more personally convinced about yeah. what we're doing. Totally. Right? And so I've always been wary of the people who are seeming convinced at a very early stage because I'm like, ah, I see what you're doing. Mm. And, you know, it's just a bit of bravado right now. But maybe I'm just it's tall poppy syndrome. I think you just have to down. fake it till you make it. And I think mm. that's what we did with Shameless. I remember um, the first few episodes had the same, like no downloads. And it's hard, I think. Very few people talk about how scary it is, but I think I I definitely adopt the idea that you have to fake it until you make it and mm. you have to just push full steam ahead until you try and find some kind of audience. And to be honest, we're super strategic as well. Like it's not like we're throwing this thing out there and it wasn't, it wasn't the case with the first few days of Shameless at all. It wasn't like we were just putting it up and hoping people would find it. We were making sure people found it. Mm. And the amount of effort that was taking um, – like before my shifts at Mamma Mia and before Zara shifts at Mamma Mia going through RMIT Uni and putting posts on the back of bathroom stalls and all that type of stuff I think we spoke about last time, we wanted to make sure it was going to get listeners. And if people hadn't come on then, yeah, I probably would have had a real crisis of confidence. Mm. But we were very lucky. I think it was a lot of timing that played into yeah, our hands. I what, think so. Um, Little Naz, you know, Old Town Road. Have yes. you heard about what he did? No. Oh, my God. So that was the in the, the longest in the charts for any song. He found the beat online and he um, and then sort of released it. But he made 200 memes and he built a subreddit that was like, um, do you know the song? And so he started releasing. So he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Super strategic. Amazing. And so it just got into culture through his memes and through the Reddit and through him in there doing the back end. And that's what I love because I think when you're you're starting something fresh, I mean, we were 23 when we started Shameless, we're 25 now, we had no money. Like we literally had no money to funnel into it. So you've got to find a way to market without any ad spend. Yeah. And that's crazy. Like so many people would probably just go, oh, well, Facebook advertising will put $1,000 behind Doesn't it. Work. We had, I remember mm. when we went to Officeworks, it cost $67 to print out 200 oh, pages gosh. of paper because we did it so many times. And I remember being like, okay, $67, where's that going to come from? Zara transfer me 33. Like it yeah. is that level of. But I think that's the thing that we learned working really early on. I think one of the biggest blessings was working in digital media at a time that the Facebook algorithm made basically every digital news outlet crash. And there was no way to get eyeballs onto content. And that was literally our foray into the industry. And it was a very depressing time to start as a digital writer. And when we started working together, it was always this sense of, okay, yes, I 
I could write the most beautiful piece of writing, but nobody's going to read it. So how do you make sure people read it? So it literally became this strategy of 50% content, 50% strategy. The content doesn't matter if it's brilliant. People have to say it. And that's this, that's what we took on board with Shameless. It's like, yes, this podcast could be great, but people have to find it. Is there anything that you didn't do or haven't done based on the friction of feeling like ah, we're above that or we don't want to do that or like ego for us I think about like the like the embarrassment of say like how much we're posting mm. say like the idea of ah, oh, we can't you, you hear the stories of people like you know post 20 times a day or whatever mm. and then our brains say that people think we're fucking crazy if we post that amount well I think it's the like I post that photo of my haircut just giving it another plug <laughs> Feeling real good, guys. Your haircut looks good, Tommy. Thanks a lot. Um, Wait, you got a haircut? Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday. I saw it on Instagram. No, but I put up this photo and I was like, I I was like, I feel shit about putting up this photo of me. I never do Mm. posts like that. And I did it on purpose. Really? And I got lots of validation. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. This is the thing. I am much worse than Michelle at this, right? I let my ego get in the way of a lot of these kinds of things. I hate hate running my own Instagram account. Mm, I hate posting on my own Instagram account if it's not with my friends out on Mm. a Saturday night. Who else is going to run your fucking personal Instagram account? Exactly. It's like, Josh, can I hire you to run it? No, (laughs) but that's the thing. Mr. 97 would. He actually would. What's your rate, 97? (laughs) A shout out. (laughs) But I'm so concerned, I think, with coming across as a wanker or a narcissist Uh that I overthink everything I put on there, that, like, I might meet new people and they might follow me and then I'm like, that that aren't associated with my work. And then I think, fuck, they're going to think I love myself sick or I'm Mm -hmm. so obsessed with myself. And I I don't push out as much on my Instagram because of that fact because I just, I don't want to seem like a dickhead or that I take myself too seriously because I think there's a huge element of that on Instagram. So it's removing the filter is that a good thing? Like are we, are we leaning in? Because I feel like I'm like, you know what, who gives a fuck if people think I'm a wanker? Yeah, I agree. but maybe but then I just need to do it. Wanker. Wanker. A wanker. You need to I do it. Look at your photo and be like, "Oh my god, Tommy's posted a photo of himself." What, like it doesn't even cross think? my mind. <laughs> well, first of all, we thought it was the best haircut we've ever seen. <laughs> but you need to go halfway. I think you need to remove that filter because if you think about it, taking yourself too seriously, like I can't put this photo off of myself because everyone's thinking about what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah. That's narcissistic yeah, in itself. Totally. Totally. To be honest, so no true. one gives a fuck what you're doing unless you're being a real wanker. Yeah, so in yeah. my mind, yeah. I'm like, if I want, where's the wanker line? If I want, my filter is if I want to post. I'll probably post it. But if it's overly self-indulgent, for example, I wouldn't stand in front of a mirror and take a bikini photo. I think that's a little bit self-indulgent. But would I take a selfie where I'm like, I'm going out with my friends and I'm smiling, I look happy, I'm like, whatever. And I'm wearing a bikini. (laughs) And I haven't taken a bikini in front of a mirror. Near my boobs. I just think there needs to be like a bit on both sides because I think if you're in either camp where you're posting everything about yourself, yeah, you're a bit of a narcissist. But if you're like, mm, everyone cares so much about me, I don't want to look like X, Y, Z, you're probably a bit of a narcissist. Yeah. Oh, but I think that Instagram, but the narcissist. other line of thought of that is I think Instagram is like by virtue of what it is, incredibly self-indulgent. And I think our self-indulgent line has moved too far along. I think yeah. we excuse more than we used to. Mm-hmm. And the the sense of what's normal has become skewed. And I think that's part of the conversation too. You know what it is? I remember coming to this conclusion a couple of years ago. I think you should share yourself. And if you're uh, happy with how you look, whatever, whatever. Share yourself, but share your personality at the same time. I think if one becomes entirely aesthetic or something, it looks very narcissistic. If you're sharing your personality and what I'm you have, did you share your relying. personality when you did the haircut photo? Um, what did I write? It was yeah. at a witty caption. Haircut. You can get a lot of wi- away with a lot if you have a witty uh, yeah. caption. Oh, thank you. That's another compliment. I said, I mean, yeah, she didn't something say about yeah. quiff. No, she cut said my hair <laughs> off. Cut my hair off. Uh, quiff's back. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah good. This is getting a lot of airtime. Yeah. Just as I want it. Uh, <laughs> Michelle, you're one of the few people in the room working towards getting a house or an apartment or... Oh, yes. 
what what's the what's the deal? We're waiting. <laughs> we're waiting for our tax return to come back from our accountant. But it's going to be tricky because we've only had Shameless Media, the company with an ACN, for like what five months? Yes, you're supposed to have a company for two years before you can mm. apply oh, yeah. for a loan. That's why I'm not buying a house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very very lucky. Mitch has a stable long term job, but. We're waiting on that. So we're waiting for an accountant to get back and then we can go to the mortgage broker and all that type of stuff. But saving up a deposit took fucking a lot of energy yeah. and it took so long. So hopefully once we do buy, probably at the beginning of next year, we want to go on a trip to Europe in the middle of that year because we haven't been on a proper overseas trip in so long. Like we've done Bali here and there mm. a couple of times, but um, Mitch and I want to do like a proper three-week Europe. Well, three weeks isn't very long, but that's how long our break will be in the middle of next year, hopefully. As she gestures to Zara, <laughs> hoping that that's okay. Oh, I had decided well, to go to Europe long before that, so she's literally jumping We're on literally that. practically married. Like we almost have to message each other like every morning. It's like, what are you wearing? We need to be on the same page if we're meeting up with someone. Hey, I'm going out for dinner. I'm not going to be on my phone for the next hour. Yeah, because, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, a business uh, partnership requires a, a level of commitment and mm. we've worked that out, right? It's like mm. my actions directly impact Josh mm. now yes. and Brie mm-hmm. and, you know, our whole situation. That's Mr. why the Meditation is so handy. Yeah. And my moods yeah. too. I think you can't, I think you can definitely fall into the trap of being like, well, we don't have, you know, our workplace is all over, you know, our workplace is all over the place at the moment. We could be going from meetings. We could be working from our houses. So they, we could fall into this trap of thinking that it's not a real workplace that I'm working mm. with my friend, but mm. it's incredibly important that you actually show up in a good mood, in a positive headspace. Cause if not, you're going to drag the other person down. Are you There's telling me us. that me saying I'm so tired a million times this day drags you down? <laughs> it's just not helpful. Well, it, is, it is funny. I feel like we're both, like our energies are pretty aligned now. Mm. Like maybe it's just because we've both been working hard so then we're both tired. Yeah, yeah. But it does feel. humble brag? No, no, but it feels like it's con- like it we're is. We're just working thing. out so much. It's really hard oh, Definitely not strong. working out. No, working, no. not working out. Oh. Uh, definitely not working out. Uh, the in-conversation stuff, I feel like when you came on the show last time, that may have only just started. Mm, yeah, it would have. We were doing it fortnightly, I think, the mm-hmm. last time we spoke to you boys, yeah. and now we do it weekly, which has been a big commitment, but it's one that we really, really enjoy. I think it's such a privilege to sit down with influential, successful people and pick their brain for 45 minutes mm-hmm. because I think we've found – we've just learnt so much from mm. all these different diverse people and it's so fun to be able to say, yeah, a quick hi and get a quick recommendation and then be like, cool, all right, tell us about – I don't know. Like, what are you scared of? What makes you sad? What makes you happy? I'm sure you guys would Mm. experience the same thing. It's like you get to have a proper conversation with someone that you really respect. And I think it it took us a little while to realise how much of a privilege that job was. Yeah, and it still is. Such an enriching experience. What have you learned from podcasting personally? Because I find it cathartic. I find the showing up daily, it actually keeps me more consistent. You're talking about mood. It's like we actually get to show up each day. Regardless, I can feel shit. I can feel great. But it just we have to show up. I think podcasting has taught me to be really thoughtful about what I want to put out in the world. And I think you need to take your time to formulate what you think and what you believe before you say it. Uh, And it's good to have an audience that keeps us really accountable in that if we fuck up or if we say something offensive or which I hope we haven't done so far, but of course we're going to say things. Guarantee of something. I think that's part of it, right? I don't don't even know if that's the... uh, yeah, because everyone's going to be – someone's going to be pissed off about yeah. something. Right? It's yeah. about be, I think it's about being thoughtful and putting mm. a lot of effort into 
sharing your opinions because again it's a privilege to have a microphone in front of your face and not everyone has that privilege or that platform and you need to be responsible with it well I do have a real resentment and I think that's only kind of exacerbated since we've done the podcast for people that have incredibly passionate opinions about something they've like not bothered to do any research for like at all and I think for me it's exactly the same thing it's making sure that anything I say or any opinion that I have can be backed up with something. And if mm-hmm. it can't, if I can't, I'm not going to sit in a conversation and pretend I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I will literally say I have not read enough about this to have an opinion that's worth anything. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also humbling in that sense to be like, I'm not adding anything. I'm just a stain on this conversation. If I join in, I'm going to take a step back. I mean, unlike that stain on the conversation, yeah, yeah. it's really impactful. You really that could be the tagline of our <laughs> show. <laughs> well, I think so. There's one. There's another side. Like, there's people out there that push and say things that obviously aren't correct or they don't know enough about because it draws attention to them. Yeah. There's the reality of saying stuff like the tribe thing. That was mm. I connected with that. It was so interesting to hear. I'd never knew about that. Never thought about the word tribe mm. or the or its origins. And mm. then whether it's okay to use. I was thinking about Jules Lund. He's mm. got a business called Tribe. I was yes. a bit worried for a moment. <laughs> but I'm not anymore because you, you yeah. did your research. But yeah. you see how that has become a learning experience for a bunch of people. So w- we are a learn a, a catalyst to learn for some people and it could be a result of something that we misspoke. Totally. And for anyone who missed that, it was basically that we'd use the word tribe in a love etc podcast and someone came into our Facebook group to say, hey, that word's actually offensive. And I impulsively apologized and laid down and said, I'm really, really sorry. It will never happen again. We'll never use that word again. But when I actually had time to go through and do my own research and kind of engage my own critical thinking skills, I came to the conclusion that no, the word tribe's not offensive. Using specific tribe names Mm. is offensive and using other words in the vernacular are offensive like powwow. Powwow is offensive because it refers to a specific Native American spiritual practice. I don't think that's appropriate to use. So I'm happy I did the research because no, I won't use powwow in everyday language anymore. I won't use it in the podcast unless I'm explaining what it actually means. Tribe though, I think it's important to have an environment where everyone can come to their own conclusion within reason, of Mm. course, and actually do their research and use those critical thinking skills. Because lots of people since that podcast on Monday have reached out who are Native American and said, actually, I really enjoy people using the word tribe in a happy, positive context to refer to family and friends. I like that. Please don't use my specific tribe name, but use Mm. the word tribe. Can you retract an apology then? I did. Well, on the podcast, I did say, I came on and I said, I actually really regret apologising for that. I regret Mm. how I reacted to that because I think it's great to listen to uh, minorities in particular and I would always endorse people to do that. But I think on that occasion I read that article and instead of going, I'm going to have a think about it, then reply to it and then approve the post, I approved the post and instinctively went, I'm so sorry, it'll never happen again. Mm. When that's wrong because then no one's having a discussion and if we're not having a discussion, no one's communicating. And if we're not communicating, we're all staying in our separate fields, probably holding some type of resentment and not knowing why yeah it's it's being being okay with under like the under like working out the i just had a stroke halfway through it's never happened before it, happened. it, it was the underline the yeah. under, underline bit no yeah. i think it like um working out what the meaning is of something like you can see how that you can go down rabbit holes mm. to like I need to know everything before I speak mm-hmm. versus I guess what I like about podcasting is 
we have the opportunity to go back and change and transform. And also mm. from an audience point of view, it's like you might say something on a certain on episode 70, but then episode 75, you actually change your mind. It happens cool. a lot. And I think the Facebook group is a real blessing in that sense because there are times where someone will come in and say, hey, Zara, you said something like this and I didn't really like it. And I have the opportunity in that moment in front of 24,000 people to say, actually, I phrased it really badly. Like, this is actually what I meant and here's how I would phrase it had I had my time again. And everyone says, oh, my God, okay, I completely understand where you were coming from now. And that's a real blessing too, not just having the post-production and the editing and being able to change your mind five episodes later, but cultivating a community where they will listen to you if you do want to clarify. Yeah, and we've said things that are wrong in general before. Like I remember we um, spoke about the hunter markets, which is kind of like a um, influencer marketplace where people can come and sell the gifts and the clothes and the accessories oh, that yeah. were gifted. And we came on our podcast and went, that's so stupid. Like give it to charity. Why are you making money off things that companies are sending for. you? And the founder of Hunter Markets actually reached out and said, actually, this is really good because it means people are recycling. It means that things are being bought secondhand and that's good instead of these women going out and buying these designer goods or whatever from a supermarket, from a, not supermarket, you wouldn't get designer goods from a supermarket, um, but from a or Woolies shopping yeah. centre online. And we came back on the podcast I'm like, Absolutely. We did not think about that. There was another influencer that we spoke about where she does um, mummy blogging. I, that's not probably mm -hmm. the best word to use it, but that's the only phrase that comes to mind at the moment. And we came on the podcast and said, oh, but like it's not a long-term career to be doing this type of stuff. Like what, what is she thinking about? Plan? What's you the backup so plan? So patronising. Yeah. And I remember she came out and said, well, I'm a mum first and foremost. Like yeah. that's that's my goal. And I think for two 24-year-olds at the time who, who were very career-driven, career yeah. we had our blinkers on to assume that everybody would have the same goals and dreams that we have, which is just so close-minded and she's so since, insulting. She's since pivoted. We're talking yesterday about stereotypes and you could easily stereotype as a mark, you know, get, yeah. Yeah. and so that's what I, I was talking about yesterday, learning about uh, drawing attention to a stereotype and I'm not even talking about racially. Mm. It's just about, you know, Anyone. a bunch of people that are similar or they do, you know. Well, we have our own stereotype. I'm exactly. sure people yeah, are yeah. like see us and say, okay, these guys are this, this and this. What do you think your stereotype would be? I reckon Just our a couple of gronks. Uh, yeah, well, no, I reckon <laughs> our... Yeah, I think that, I mean, that's yeah, part that's of it, so right? It is a, just a couple of gronks who are doing it who aren't necessarily... We're not the smartest, we're not the most talented, but we're do committed to what we're doing. Do you reckon that's what people think, though? No, I, I don't reckon yeah. people think, like, you guys are kind of... Apart from the fact that you don't like football as much as I would like... <laughs> Kind of like the everyman, like very relatable. Yeah. Well, I think we're, and I think that th I've never been called the everyman. The everyman. I like and, it. And so, but that could Let translate me just say one more time. <laughs> the everyman. To our experience, has a ring yeah. to it. That actually means, and that's what the term gronk is like. We're all gronks. We're all just trying to do our best. Yeah. yeah. And we all struggle, and we all have great days, and. I feel shit about the stuff we do. I'm really inspired sometimes, not others. And I yeah. think that's like the human experience. And so yeah. if we can share our learnings as we go, we're not here trying trying to be, you know. Um, <laughs> Have all the answers. And, exactly. Yeah. And that would be hard. Sam Harris, yeah. the, the guy who does the meditation, he's a neuroscientist. Mm. He can't be uh, stupid. He can't say dumb stuff because mm. his brand is I'm really smart. I'm a scientist. And so, you know, the opposite is us, but I think it's it's a platform for us to learn as humans and and that's what's nice about it. I reckon it's so funny that you think you're the opposite of Sam Harris though because I yeah. think you guys are incredibly thoughtful um, and insightful with some of the things you talk about because there are lots of male-led podcasts. 
one in particular that comes to mind. That the aren't, fish, I thought the that aren't fish anymore, Michelle. That, uh, yeah, we're not talking about them, but um, <laughs> that aren't like that. So it's funny that you guys see yourself as the antithesis of Sam Harris when I don't. I but I think there's way. something to be said. I was thinking about this when I was listening to your interview with Zoe Foster Blake about like the makings of a great brand and marketing strategies and stuff like that. And I feel like particularly in the female space, the brands that are doing really, really well at the moment are the ones that position themselves on the same playing field as their consumer. Mm-hmm. So you think about, I mean, these are all beauty brands, forgive me, but like your go-tos, your glossiers, um, anything like that that speaks to the consumer from the same level is incredibly powerful. And I think that's hopefully what we do with the shameless community as well is like we are literally all on the same playing field right now. And I think the trust that comes from that is pretty huge, which is what you guys do too. Mm. It's that positioning on the playing field, I think. The, with the in-conversation stuff, have you learnt things about yourselves being in that environment, the posture of interviewing and being able to react. We've learned body language with each other. Uh-huh. Like, oh, in like terms a, of from an interview. interview. Yeah. How do you guys do it? Engage I've been call. Engage <laughs> call. Def- uh, yeah. Uh, one person yes. has to engage the other one. It's <laughs> the dis- court. Yeah. But it is. The- oh, is that a joke? Because that's what uh, we I literally do. don't have a call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He always jokes about just having disengaged yeah, this completely. Is, yeah. I want to get to the point. Like, yeah, where I'm just. So for us, whether it's, whether it's just some words we're using to describe it, but we try and have conversations, not interviews. And so for us and what that does is allows us to be a bit more open to yeah. not be as scripted do our research be interested in the person we don't have people on that we're not interested in mm. i think everyone's interesting yeah. so but, yeah i think also it's like um being okay but yeah. also <laughs> that we have on <laughs> <laughs> definitely not everyone that's, that's what i was meaning no but i think it's it's okay there is some freedom about being us being okay with being a bit dumb like mm. i think that the day that we are like no, Michelle, you're right. I think that we are very similar to Sam Harris. Yeah. <laughs> it's the day this whole fucking Hang thing on, ends. Clarification. I never said you were very similar. Uh, I said you were the, the opposite. Right no, 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 no. I'm, the, I'm the everyman. I hybrid of got the everyman and Sam Harris. <laughs> Sam Harris. <laughs> Your words. <laughs> but when you do say, like, when it comes to what we've learned interviewing, I think there are a couple of things. I think it's like doing research for people is the most simple thing you can do and what a lot of people don't do in this industry is I would hate to demand someone's time, get them to sit down with us for an hour and ask for us for us to look like we don't know anything about them. Mm. We act like stalkers when we interview them because then we're like, yeah, so when you said this in 2006 with this magazine. But I think giving people the respect of doing research on them is very good to make them feel comfortable. It's good for their ego too, to be totally honest. And I think with that comes a better conversation, better answers. um, And And more trust as well. I think like one of the biggest pats on the back that we've had all year was when one of the interviewees turned around after the interview and she said, that is the best research interview I've ever done. Like, I can't believe how much you guys knew about me and knew about my story. I really appreciate that because sometimes I walk in a room and it's very clear the journalist or interviewer has no fucking clue who I am or has read one interview or whatever. And I think that for me, when she walked out, I felt so good about what, what we had done because it's such an effort to come in and mm. like not, not right now, we love coming in, <laughs> but like it's such an effort for someone to take time out of their day for you when they've never met you they have no idea what shameless is whatever we want to make them feel valued and like we've put in energy as well so yeah we always want to do as much research as possible and know as much about their story as possible because it's nice for them they feel seen yeah well mr 97 and i watched your whole 21st birthday video that claire (laughs) 
did. Where's did this? You know? I want to watch this. No, I haven't even watched this. On YouTube. How, can I ask you? You messaged me yeah. saying we watched that. I'm like, why were you Googling me? Uh, well, so. It does to everybody. Josh, no, Josh's Google history would be amazing. Yeah, to say. <laughs> no, definitely. No, can but we the, pull it um, up? <laughs> No, but we, we set up a task. We've got like all these um, spreadsheets that we're like building out stuff. And one of the things was one of our brand filters was like surprise and delight. And then Mr. 97 was like, how about I get all of it, the the friends of the show's birthdays and we do something for them on their birthday? I'm like, okay, great. And so he was going through. When's my birthday? You can look it up. Mason, you can look that up on Facebook. Why are you looking well, it up on YouTube? Well, so he was on Google and so he typed in oh, no, people are Michelle send people Andrews' oh, birthday. Oh, my God. No. I'm going to post this video on the Facebook. Yeah. No. It goes back. No, 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 no. How long does it go for? It's 20 like a, minutes. It's a, 20 it's like a feature film. Yeah, we watched the whole thing. <laughs> you know, that's actually a... Um, uh, kind of ritual or tradition in our family. Yeah, we each make 21st too, yeah. birthday videos. Um, we made one for Tom. He's the youngest. It was tw- his 21st birthday a couple months ago. And we spent, I think it was 11 hours um, the making The spinning his... wheel on iMovie, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really enjoy it though. It's really nice yeah. to look back on. Um, my one is particularly embarrassing because it's from the blogging days. Amazing. My family definitely doesn't love each other enough to do that. Yeah. We're very family. Fun. We're very, very family. <laughs> I'm very family. Uh, 97 birthdays. Twentieth uh, of July. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And Michelle. If you don't even fucking know my birthday after watching that full video, I'm gonna be oh, so no. mad. You've probably got the wrong day. Give me a sec. No, he, we even downloaded. May. No, wrong. Oh, is it a day? Two days after? A day or nope. two after? You're in the wrong month, mate. Uh, oh. Is it the thirteenth of oh, one hang month? On, hang on, hang on, no, hang, no, on no, hang on, hang on. I was on the wrong Michelle. I got the wrong Michelle. Here we go. Seventeenth of March. Yep, correct. Yeah. What year? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Ninety-four. <laughs> wow. Wow, I feel old. Do something for your 30th. And <laughs> oh, I got a great haircut. Uh, <laughs> I was just about to say, the haircut's taking years off you. <laughs> Seriously. You don't look a day over 14. With the, on the, the guest stuff, um, I find that when, like, we ask someone to be on and they say no or they don't respond, I, like, in my head, like, in my head I, I write their name down as, like, but, uh, you've said no and I'm going to remember this but forever. we <laughs> blew you off. Like three months no, ago. No, 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 no. But we've had you on. I guess but part of it is. But we're friends of the show. So we're friends of the show. We were the biggest wankers in the world. We said, <laughs> we're so busy and we probably will be for the next three months. Well, you are. We're so sorry. No, but that's 100% fine. But <laughs> that the, was Zara. Zara's the calendar person. So. But how do you take rejection? My point is, how do you take rejection? <laughs> pretty fine, I think. I would like to think we're pretty fine because I don't think. I'm still surprised when people have heard of us. So I'm mm. really still genuinely very yeah. surprised when we might ask someone on the show and they know who we are. So I always come from the default that they have no idea who we are. We need to sell it to them. And if they don't know still then or they're not keen after that, mm. I'll think pretty fair enough. I think the people that we're asking are incredibly busy anyway. And mm. I think it's it's a big commitment outside of the calendar of work you're already doing so I'm not particularly offended or take it personally. I mean, it doesn't mean we're not going to ask them again. Yeah. We probably will mm. annoy them again. And we have had success with people rejecting us and then we get a little bit bigger and we go back and we're like, how about now? And they're like, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a, few, a few inbounds yeah. coming. Yeah. I asked Brie four times to go out with me before we started Aww. dating. That was her sister. Why yeah. did she say no? Uh, she didn't. She said she didn't want a boyfriend, but That's then she ended up yeah, dating a hairdresser named Jordan who on their first date <gasps> gave her um, hair serum. You're fine and, about it. Uh, That's yeah, romantic. I was fine. But the thing was, the way that I ended up finding out is like I had asked Bree and she said no. And then a month later we were at a party and she came over and said, by the way, I've told everyone we're going out now. And I, so I was like, yeah, oh, that's great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I asked my wife to be my girlfriend early days and she said no and then she asked me to ask her again. <laughs> oh, oh. You guys are some real Romeos. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, pretty sad. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys excited about? What's, what's oh, that's a great question. I love um, stuff. Michelle, you start. Oh, I hate clickbait because people. it's also true. Bait. The thing that I'm excited about the most, we're literally like not allowed to talk about for another five months. Yeah, the thing we're most excited about won't even be in people's orbit for another year. So, will you um, be not excited about it when it rolls around? Ah, uh, no, I think we will be because it's such um, it's a project we're working on together with nobody else really, and I think it can be kind of isolating, particularly when you're working on it without each other. Like there are times at home and you are in that creative process meme that we've been talking about, where it's like, oh my god, this is amazing. This is average this is shit I am shit mm. and when you're in the depths of I am shit and what am I doing with my life to see it eventually out in the world and people consuming it I think will be really lovely like I think it will be very overwhelming so I don't mm. think it'll lose that excitement and I think like the things we've shared in this project and the essence of it is very different to what we've done so far I think there's a lot of soul in what we've done so far and now that um Love Etc. is wrapped and She's on the Money is wrapping in two weeks as well. I think being able to have, in, like, be investing more energy and time into it every single day will mean that it eventually gets there. And I know it'll get there and I know it'll be great once it's done. Um, but, yeah, I'm so excited for that to be out in the world because it feels like that's where our head and our minds and our souls are at the moment and no one has any idea mm. other than our family and friends. Sports so. better currently running. Uh, yeah, odds <laughs> have got a few things that they've yeah. I mean, there's something Michelle's exciting. pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, I'm baking a baby. Zara's the dad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, the other thing, though, I think we're super excited to push into video next year. Mm -hmm. Like that is a real priority for us in 2020 and it's just how we're going to do it at this stage. I think we're in a huge planning process of what that's going to look like. Um, but that is very exciting to me to actually do something different. Don't mm -hmm. feel like we're getting stale or, um, like I said, resting on our laurels. I think it's really good for us to be pushing into new, mm -hmm. new territory. What are you guys excited about? Yeah. Uh, upgrade of office by the time you hear <laughs> next. <laughs> a new place. <laughs> You'll be uh, in the Rialto penthouse apartment yeah. or something. No, I think we're just finding our feet and just getting started. So, mm. you, we've, I mean, it's taken 440, how many? 438 episodes. I was going to say 210. <laughs> I feel like it's we're in a good place. We're feeling good about it. We're yeah. a, I think you're in a great place. Yeah, I mean, mm. part of it, I think part of it too is it's like uh, there's a, the constant feeling that you want everything to be perfect. Mm. And it's like ridiculous. Every single time, every week there's new things mm. that we're like getting done. Mm. And so I guess it's part of it is just enjoying it as well, which is part of it, which is like actually not looking forward to anything and just looking forward to today and doing it and continuing to do it and knowing that I guess we're, we're happy with the fact of the slow growth that we're experiencing mm -hmm. and as we get those little bits of success metric or whatever, we don't want to hang on to it too much. We want to just sort of keep yeah. keep focus. So, I sometimes I wonder, or it doesn't make me sad, but I think I, we will definitely look back in a couple of years and say this six-month period would be like some of the best six months of our lives, like the, the mm -hmm. most fulfilling six months. And it's weird being in the thick of that because you aren't acknowledging it and I hope that we don't get three years down the track and say I wish we held on to that more. But that said, maybe it is incredibly fulfilling because we keep putting our heads down and we keep working and it keeps the work keeps working. Mm. Well, we'll go the, to that dinner, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I think we're, you're stacking, right? So you have a, a ceiling and a year ago it was here and now it's here and you, you're adding more things and it's feeling not as crazy as it once did. But I was even thinking about 3D Dill, our intern mm. going home and – what he has to think about. And I was like, we, we can't really turn off. Mm. But then I was thinking it feels nice that it, 
that it doesn't feel like that anxiety of if that was the reality where it's like I want to turn this off right now. Yeah. Mm. And so that's just that's a win for me, not not feeling like I want to quit this thing. Mm. Who do you guys listen to uh, with feedback? Are there certain people where it's like I think Brene Brown talks about the, you know, a few people you keep in your wallet? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's another really good question. Um, each other? Each other. Listen to each other a lot because we have – we have very different well, – well, we have shared skills, but we also have different skills and that Zara is really uh, smart, to be honest, really, really clever and sometimes she'll think things through in a way that I haven't. So I really listen to her. To be honest, our sisters. Our sisters are the biggest uh, think tank that we rely on. Evelyn and Claire, my sister, and Mieta, my sisters, and Mieta, Zara's sister, are so, so clever in their own different ways and they all have really different kinds of thinking and analytical skills and often when we face a problem or we need to check in we go straight to our sisters yeah they're really good for that I think um I think our families are pretty good at like inflating or deflating our egos depending on the day um both of which are very important um so we go to them for feedback all the time they're a pretty good check-in tool because it's a pretty weird job I think you can get caught up in negative and positive feedback and for someone to sort of send to you it's really good what's the deflating bit what is when does that come out I, I mean, was going to say what is the deflating bit I think my yeah, it's not like we've ever got big heads, but I also think if you take on, I think my mum says it all the time, it's like the minute you take on all the positive stuff, you have to take on the negative stuff. Or if you take on the negative stuff, you have to take on the positive stuff. And it's kind of like their push for me to remove myself from all of it and see it as white noise. So rather than saying like, hey, you've got a massive head, it's more mm. like don't take any of that that seriously because none of it matters. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're pretty big. I would say we've got a couple of people that we've worked with who are kind of understand the industry pretty well. Mm. I mean, you guys have helped us out. Like I'm not even just saying mm. that. Like mm. the emails that we shoot to you with some of the dumbest questions, people would piss themselves no, because you guys them. have been great for yeah. us because we don't, we didn't know how to run a business. We didn't really know what we did were doing all we knew was content so you guys have been great um I would also say someone like Sophie Aubrey who is our Mm. old editor at Mamma Mia Monique Bowley has been great for podcasting those kinds of people who understand the industry a little bit too um and can help you when you feel like you're going a bit crazy yeah Jamila Rizvi's would be another one she's been great yeah Yeah. mum called me this morning and said did you really get a haircut Really? Said, what yeah. she thought it was all hype. She she said, "Well, I thought Click it might bait. have been a wig or something." And did she think it was good? <laughs> she loved it. Mum's <laughs> great. <laughs> she loved it. <laughs> Positive reinforcement for mum. <laughs> if mum doesn't love you, who will? Exactly. Has the friendship groups changed much through like uh, in this current path? I feel like mm. early twenties and all that sort of thing. Mm. You can those things change. I noticed you were on a big piss up on the weekend. With yeah, a bunch of girlfriends. Um, yeah, that was kind of like a heartbreak weekend. One of um, my girlfriends went through a pretty brutal breakup. So we all went away for the weekend together to de- d- literally go to a winery and <laughs> Great. get drunk. It was the best weekend ever. But as far as friendship group goes, I don't know. Like I feel pretty close with everyone that I was close with before. Shameless was a thing. I think maybe my group would be a little bit smaller. Um mm. Simply because we don't have a huge amount of time outside of Shameless and amount of outside of what we do. My words are starting to get jumbled. I'm That's so fine. Um, no, I would agree that the friendships are still the same, but I think that the circles might get smaller yeah. just by virtue of time and energy. And I think you, we are incredibly selfish and a little bit self-indulgent with the work that we do. And I think to have people around that are happy for you to go and do your thing and still be there at the and end of the day. And our boyfriends are very understanding of that. Like yeah. we are yeah. very, very lucky that we've got two boyfriends who are very... Each? Or- yeah, two boyfriends <laughs> each. So Polly 
polyamory is my thing. Um, no, but we're lucky that our boyfriends understand the nature of our work. And for Mitch, my boyfriend, it was a new thing. Like we weren't to, we were together before Shameless was a thing. So yeah. this is all new for him. And um, yeah, I think it's good to have partners who just know instinctively that you need to be dedicating that amount of time and maybe I'll pull my laptop out at 10 o'clock at night and need to do something so that's been helpful as well yeah yeah it is just being around people that are patient with your selfishness because I do think we are selfish in the way that we live our lives at the moment do you think well, that's I think unfair? every business owner is right mm. you have to kind do of be a little bit selfish, selfish oh we're not sometimes. selfish at all no we that's right, I mean cool. that's our whole but life. our <laughs> friendship circle has really diminished <laughs> no, but it really does doesn't yeah. it I think it's well, just a time thing it doesn't and an energy feel thing. I mean the funny thing is it sort of doesn't feel selfish when it's it feels like we're doing it for this community or we're doing it for yeah. people and, like, that's part of it too. I, and, like, being a team, right, like you're yeah. doing it for Michelle and Michelle's doing mm. it for you, like, so it becomes less selfish when it's a team. It's a funny word mm. to use. Maybe selfish is not right. I think Focused it's... Focused maybe. Yeah, I think it's come into my attention more when I've had friendships that maybe have needed me more than I've been able to give and I felt innately very selfish in those moments because I've thought, well, this is my priority and I don't know, I, I don't actually think I can shift that. Like, I can only give certain people in my life certain amounts of energy and I think that statement objectively sounds very mm. selfish. There's patterning, though, from when you're a young teenager into your high school, late high school, into uni, whatever. It's like there are you hang around people that you don't you you weren't really questioning the friendship or mm. what they're into, what I'm into. So mm. my friendship circle has completely shrunk. I have a bunch of people on the outer that are acquaintances mm. that I just I see and I say hi. But I, I'm more okay with it. Having a kid really too it's is to like say, that yeah. really recalibrate everything yeah. it is funny and i mean this in the most humble way possible but since shameless has had like a little bit of attention and like a little bit of a following it's Where funny it's funny how some people will reach out and want to grab coffee with you who you've literally haven't spoken to in 10 mm. years pick or pick your brain that's people the who, sign. pick yeah. your brain people who just it? want to catch up or people who pretend that you're like being their friend for ages and like let's go get brunch it's like hang on i don't even know your last yeah. name like and also it's like i think pe- the other thing is when your circle does get smaller, you start to realise, like, I don't actually have time for my best friends, <laughs> let alone That's how I – do I not say this to you all the time? Whenever – I think because we have a foot in a couple of industries, like we have a foot in the podcasting industry, we've accidentally got a foot in this, like, influencer industry, <laughs> and there's a lot of social stuff that goes on with that. And I go to Michelle, I don't want to fucking go to this thing because yeah. I would rather hang out with my friends. Like, if I'm going to go and socialise, mm. I want to do it with my best friends because they don't get – as I don't get to spend nearly as much time as I want with them because I would hang out with them all day every day if I could. Yeah. So with those kinds of events, it's a, it's a weird industry mm. to be a part of, that one in particular, because it's like work masquerading as socialising mm-hmm. mm. um, and that can get very confusing and I think we tend to call it the black hole a bit because it's like don't get sucked into that. Yeah. yeah, the black hole. I know it well. What, have you been sucked in? No, it's just when you see it's funny. I think Gemma Watts would say the same if you guys asked her about it. That's just an interesting industry to have one foot in. Just that you end up getting sort of dragged into a bunch of social I just, stuff. I, I just think some, so not every, certainly not certainly everyone, not everyone, but there is a uh, an interesting dynamic that plays out in the influencing mm. world. And sometimes I think, yeah, the visual aspect of it or the optics mm. of it can be very misleading. Well, I think it's that idea, right? I just said it's like work masquerading as socialising and I think with that comes a very complicated industry where your perspective is a little warped and the relationships can be 
um, people can be friends, but they also can be kind of work competitors. It's frenemies. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. like frenemies yeah. on crack. It's, it's strange and I think you have to be quite wary of it. But the perspective thing is huge. I think the influencing industry is pumped with money, more money than anyone would probably realise. These people are getting handed things that nobody else is. Mm. And I think by virtue of that, there is a lack of perspective because I think that comes when you're making a bank of money for doing um, a different kind of work. Mm. Well, I think when someone sees someone as a frenemy, they're probably... They're, They're probably the- an enemy. But you know, well, you know what it <laughs> no. is? It's a competition thing. Yeah. Everyone's in competition yeah. for the same yeah, brand yeah. deals with each other and it breeds a real competitiveness and a real animosity towards certain people in the industry. I mean, you'll see them pose together on Instagram and know full mm. well that those two people do not get along because mm. that girl got the brand deal over that girl and she's earning $200,000 for it. So yeah. it's that type of stuff as well. I mean, that's why I think that maybe going back to our stereotype, what we yeah. like is maybe we've – paved a different thing for ourselves, which feels nice because it feels like we're in one of the few positions where we can actually be friends with everyone yeah. Yeah. and it doesn't feel like we're having to. But, but to I think we consciously do that. Yeah. So I think it is. So it's a, a reaction to feel that sort of you're looking, you know, to your left or your right and feeling jealous. Why have they got that person or why, have they, you know, I think that's a, an easy natural reaction, mm. but then you got to check yourself, right, to go, Okay, so if that's my natural reaction and I didn't choose that, what can I choose? And if I can choose, that's awesome, dude. But if it's, like but if it's something to do with, and, but I think the difference is that it's like the luxury that we have is we're not like imagine like audition, like people who do auditions yeah. or things like that, yeah. or even if this was the la- the radio landscape where it's like mm. we're a breakfast show and there's another breakfast show. Yeah, yeah. We're, not, we're, like, we're not in the business of being picked, and so the only time I, I think. I put a tra- I put a a spin on feeling like I'm looking over at someone thinking oh look at they've got that mm. and I'm pissed is ah that's actually a reflection on us and where we need to be better yeah mm. and so if you can use that feeling as energy to go well if we've decided to do this ourselves we now what can we do if we've got ourselves here and they've got themselves there you know no one's picking yeah. anymore I, I heard a uh, Michael Bungay Stainer uh, who's this great he's wrote a book called The Coaching Habit. Has one of the best names. Yeah, and he's going to be uh, he's going to be on the show in a few months. But Ooh. I was watching one of his videos and he was talking about reframing um, negative stories about people and, it was, and um, I'll probably butcher it a little bit. But the basis <laughs> of it <laughs> was that say if it's Tommy and yeah. you say all these things like, you know, Tommy's an attention-seeking whore Correct. or all these sort Correct. of things. Uh, mm. He's, you know, obsessed about his... He's got the worst yeah, haircut yeah, ever. Yeah, worst haircut uh, not true. Not true. Uh, basically, <laughs> reframing it so it's actually you. You actually say that about yourself. So yeah. you say, "No, like mm. you are this," and it actually, like, when you say it out loud, out loud, like you, you're an attention seeker. You're this. It actually creates there's a, a level of truth in in that. I think for a lot of people, right? Like we all have varying levels of stuff, mm. and sometimes people doing stuff are triggering that those moments. I think, I think that's totally true because mm. I think. The thing that you pick apart someone else in is probably your biggest insecurity or the thing that you don't want to be that you might be or something like that. I think as well there's also a lot of power in looking at why other people have the audiences they do and the success they do and figuring out what it is about them that is so success that makes them so successful. Mm. I really enjoy doing that, for example, with Zoe Foster Blake or with Jamila Rizvi, with all these women Mm. in the media that I look up to who I'm probably a little bit envious of, but in a productive way. Mm. I'm not looking at them and going, she doesn't deserve that. I'm looking at them and going, okay, what is it about what she does that makes her relevant and makes her fun to follow and fun to buy, like buy her products and read her books. I think it's 
really good to look at people in that sense and figure out what their strengths are and not compete with them because there's only going to be one spot for that kind of person. You need to have your own spot and your own niche and yeah. things that make you you. And okay. the success that they have won't be what you, you feel can't is the thing. Also, yeah. yeah, it's not relevant because yeah. it's you're not going to find it because if you start trying to eat into their turf, they're just going to ruin you anyway because they're better at it. Yeah, that but it's way. also they've got it. Like yeah, you can't take a house. You can't yeah, yeah. steal the house. It's like from a time them. that yeah, there's only one of everything. You got to figure out. What, You've got to your build your is. own. Yeah. I mean, I am very much wanting to like head down and stay in our own lane and yeah. like not look elsewhere. And it is pretty much what we do. Like I don't really listen to many other podcasts anymore I listen to ones that I really enjoy for entertainment but ones that are trying to serve a similar demographic to me I don't even touch yeah yeah. Yeah, we don't listen to any of our competitor podcasts which some people might find really odd it makes a lot of sense we don't listen to a single other one because we don't want to we don't want it to um subconsciously bleed into what we're doing or affect the way we do our show so basically since maybe like a few months into shameless I do not listen to another pop culture podcast yeah I mean I think it makes sense because even we've had moments where it's like We'll say something and then it will, we'll be like, oh, that actually, Came I think so-and-so. Yeah. And then because we, and, but what the powerful bit of that is how much content can actually change us. Mm. And so if we put in the right content, then I think it can be a really powerful thing for, for positive change. It's interesting because like the High Low, which is a British pop culture podcast, was one of my favourite podcasts ever and I don't listen to it anymore because I felt like it was affecting the way I did Shameless too much. Mm. So. Yeah, no, I was exactly the same. Mm. I just want to make sure that everything we're putting out is our own ideas. But they did a really good segment like a year ago on the concept of ideas and I think that's the other thing that I'm very conscious of. It's like you get this idea in your head, you need to be very self-aware that it probably wasn't your idea yeah, and yeah. think back to where you actually found that idea and try to credit as much as you can. Mm. I mean, I know I've quoted random ideas on this thing being like, I don't know where I found it but it's not mine. But I think that idea in this space is, I don't know, not acknowledged as much. It's like where did that thought process come from because you probably didn't come up with it yourself and mm. I think the more we avoid podcasts that are targeted to similar places that that we're going the better we're going to be and the better our work is going to be mm, I mean sometimes people need to or not copy but need to replicate someone else's model to get the ball mm. rolling mm-hmm. mm. or like, like parodies like you think when I was a kid and I was making videos it was like all Aussie adventure parody videos <laughs> and um, I think there's a lot like that's all you've got at the start right it's yeah. like and um, Zara you were talking about Ira Glass and the gap the creative yeah. you know gap and it's like there is the time when you start something where it's like you know where you want it to be you yeah. know how good you want it to be but you can't do it for whatever yeah. reason you can't work out how to get the camera to do the thing that that's one of my favorite saying. quotes ever i think because yeah. it's like you can literally see it with shameless and i think the quote i'm not going to be able to quote it off the top of my head but ira glass speaks a lot about how creative people start with like a spark but they don't have the talent and when you're starting your work is basically going to be shit like he doesn't mm-hmm. say that but there is going to be a gap between what you're producing and what you want it to look like and i think if you go back through the 100 episodes oh, of no. shameless that gap is very obvious what we want it to look like was not what we were producing but Mm. the consistency of what we put out regardless meant that we could eventually get it to a point we were happy with but you have to push through that discomfort we keep talking about that really unattractive discomfort the dorkiness that comes Mm. from pushing out a product that people are kind of confused by what's enjoying process too yeah Yeah. because if you didn't enjoy it you're not going to build the skills yeah it's going to be way too hard and i think it's exciting too to think like you're at episode 100 of shameless thinking about episode 200 or 300 or 400 and just like think about how you feel about stuff 
that you did 100 episodes ago yeah. and think about how much growth. How our opinions will change completely. Yeah. Like there will be stuff. I'm sure there's stuff that I've said on the podcast in the last few months or the last year That's that I fundamentally disagree yeah. with yeah. now. Yeah. Um, but hopefully we have cultivated an audience that are quite understanding of that and are also impressed by that. I mean, the more our opinions change, the smarter we all become, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it creates less drama in some ways in the conversations we have, like empathy. Like if you think about it, as we start to evolve and understand and meet people, say the influencer thing, when you start meeting people and you start connecting it with faces and or you actually start playing the game yourself, all of a sudden what you would have said episode 10 about influencers, you're like, oh, well, we actually do this now. Yeah, this is- yeah and I think it is. we are certainly more empathetic, I think, to people in that industry because I think once you're on the inside of it, and we're not we're not influencers, that's the thing. I think we have a taste of it in some of the work that we do. Influencers you're an influencer, uh, yeah. But <laughs> I, honestly, I, I would hate for someone to look at us and be like influencers before they say journalists. Yeah, like uh, I, that would yeah, yeah. really, oh, like writer. It's like I really want to be known as a writer and podcaster mm-hmm. before I'm known as an influencer. Definitely. Because it's fun. Um, like we don't, inf- like we, we don't, don't do that. Yeah. Well, what is it? I guess that's the thing. Is an, people with influence, I guess, influence is yeah. right. And the, mean, but there's a certain type. There's a certain type of content that has been created, which is that sort of very quick churn. Yeah, stuff. like we're not going to go on our Instagram profile in bikinis and pose with like I don't know a hair removal device. That's not our <laughs> well, kind of content. Yeah, and I would say we're not influencers because the only sponsored content that we do on Instagram is tied to podcast episodes. That's like mm-hmm. a rule we've had from the start. And if we are doing social content that's not tied to a podcast episode sponsorships, it's because we're ambassadors of it. Like that's where our line is. And I think that's for many reasons, but I think the first one is because we would always want to be known for the content we're pushing out as journalists more than anything Mm -hmm. else. And the minute we muddy that, the minute we lose credibility, I think, for what we want to do. Going back to before though, I think we have been definitely more empathetic about people in that industry because I think having a taste of it, you've realised how – many uh, layers there are to everything that you see on Instagram or layers there are to the The different stories and the people themselves. Mm. So I think even interviewing some of them and meeting them socially has definitely made us more sympathetic Mm. to what they do and why, why mistakes might happen. And it's like also what are people's options? Like if they've been able to make a business doing it, it's like... Can we really credit? Like, what is the other option mm. f- option for people? But it's also new. It's mm. you know, it's you everyone's learning. Yeah, if someone opened a shop that was selling, clothes, you probably wouldn't. I mean, you might say it's a bit late <laughs> to do something like that, but you <laughs> don't really <laughs> question. It's like, oh, I see what they're doing. But the the business model opening a shop. Yeah, opening a shop. Yeah. Close I shop. mean, a shop could be a good. Business. No, I mean, what I'm saying is, it's an old business. Is it model. too late for shops? Definitely too late for shops. shops I'll are use dead. a better example. <laughs> milk bars. Uh, starts an online milk bars store. Could do really well. Online store. Yeah. Or starts a cafe. Are we getting bogged down? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're definitely getting bogged down. Maybe yeah. like start like a VHR, a VHR yeah. store. What's a VHR? Yeah, VHS. 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 <laughs> I'm so millennial. I don't even know what VHS is. Don't talk about something you've never used. Don't have an opinion on something you haven't read about. Like a DVD store would be a little bit aggressive. There is something nostalgic. Are you into nost- are you guys into nostalgia or not? In no? what really? way? No. I mean, it's quite a broad oh, question. Well, just like, it's a personal question because he is. I just I've never met anyone more like, obsessed with the. Past. I've got a terrible. We've seen before the show terrible short term memory. Yeah. But loved. What I'm excited about this moment right now is not this moment. It's yesterday. It's actually it's this moment in a year's time, oh, wow. and we'll be. We'll be, reminis- we'll be reminiscing <laughs> and we'll be celebrating whatever it is that you guys have been working on. All that on you guys we'll be- have been working on. Yeah. I mean, I, I 
guess I like nostalgia. I mustn't like it as much as you like it because I don't yeah. think about it enough. I think I have a weird relationship with nostalgia, like a lot of people, is because I think I look back on things as far rosier than they were yeah. and that can be incredibly dangerous for present day because you can think, oh, my goodness, I wish my life was like it was then. But Josh then- is going to have an existential crisis mm. if you keep mm. talking about well, that. Me- memories <laughs> can be st- was- distorted. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I think I do yeah. distort them and think that things were way more fun or way more exciting or way more social than what, they were. What's the opposite? Really dark, really negative. You know, I think it's probably like it's the same question of do you like fond memories? <laughs> That's exactly right because you don't remember like the sprinklings of loneliness or sadness that you might have felt like during those times. Yeah, that's true. I just wanted to know whether you like milk bars or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, green frogs. You ever had a I green mean, frog? I'm not opposed to them. Uh, I'm not like offended did by you them. Like, do you guys play like netball? Did you have like... Um, uh, <laughs> I loved netball. It's kind of funny. Some of the stuff I loved as a kid I do not like at all now. Like I used to be so obsessed with netball and I would hate to play a game ever, ever again in my life. I couldn't because of my knee. I'm having some knee issues. How old are you? I'm 28. 28. We're 29 actually in uh, <laughs> September 14. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Ah. If, if you're creating a database. Uh, we're not creating a database, <laughs> yeah. but we can. My I can birthdays. say confidently we won't. <laughs> Do you want to just send me yours, 97, and we can just add Tommy and Josh? An and interesting, can you give us out. another interesting birthday? Who's, I'm wondering what the deal is with the database when I didn't receive a happy birthday message from the Daily Talk it, show. It was literally mm. the, the day after. Sure. It was your birthday. 97, what happened? With the, with the Zara thing, he's doing two things at once. Why didn't Zara get a happy birthday message? Uh, I don't know. When when did we do the database? No, because I remember he was like, we just, miss, going on here. We, just miss Zara, we just missed Zara's birthday. Do you remember saying that? But so we could I get like a retrospective nah, happy birthday? Yeah. How about we all sing? What can I expect? Can I expect like an email or like uh, something? Even we probably nah, shouldn't have mentioned it. Everyone listening yeah. is going to be like, yeah. hey, it's my birthday. Yeah, it's a bit of a nightmare. It's mine on Sunday, so don't forget. Yeah. Oh, this, this Sunday. Sunday. So yeah, was this a like, it's, birthday haircut? It so was a birthday haircut. It was a haircut. shameless haircut, actually. No, it just it felt like. Definitely. <laughs> birthday haircuts are so a thing. Yeah. And you I, pretend it's just like, oh, this old thing. It just happened four days before I'm about to see everyone I know. It's a big day. It's my uh, Father's Day, and it's my birthday. So it's Do you a get double, double presents, do you reckon? Or mm. one bigger present? Well, I'm getting a fire pit. I know what I'm getting. Oh man! Yeah, what? Who's, oh, who's digging the hole? Who's digging the hole? <laughs> no, I'm getting a five. It's not. It's a you know from Bunnings. Oh yeah, it's like yeah, a, yeah. Gotcha. Oh, sort of rusty looking. He's cool moving, in, moving into the suburbs. Yeah. So he'll be. He's got the room to be able oh, to do yeah. it. Which yeah. Is, yeah. I'd ask you what suburb, but we're 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 not live, but we're going out to all your ten listeners. I mean, I think you've said it before. Bully, bully. Oh, fancy! I fell into a fire. One well, didn't fall in, but I hit a fire pit when I was drunk when I was like sixteen, and no I have a scar on the back of my leg. Yeah, my best friend nearly rolled into one at a twenty. First. All right, I'm not, away getting from <laughs> not getting one. I've got a two and a half year yeah. old. It's all over for uh, marshmallows. I'm, I'm pumped. S'mores. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, s'mores. Yeah. Yeah. We had s'mores on the girls' trip away for wow, the weekend. these tangents yeah. are amazing. Yeah. Actually, you've seen what I want is a um, uh, sandwich maker, like a jaffle maker. Yes, and nice. you can put it into the could you do waffles. You could probably do waffles too. Look. We yeah, can this is fire at my house. I love that idea. No, I do. There is something really nice about just... Because I I've only started drinking in the last year, which sounds depressing. It's <gasps> not. What happened to you? I don't know. I just like started yeah. having a little bit of wine or whatever. But I now I'm associating with like I never really understood mm. some things, but when you drink, I can understand mm. the power of like being in front of a fire uh, and sort of a glass of red. I yeah. was going to say, I said, was it to you that I said the other day or, or maybe it was my best friend on the phone? No, I, we had this conversation. My best friend lives in London. She was like, oh, I've just learned why my mum, you know, always wanted to 
crack open a glass. Of, no, you just said this yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, I said it to you after we had this conversation. She was like, oh, such a long day at work. Had to get myself a bottle of wine. I can understand why mum needed a glass mm. after parenting us all. Mm. And I was like, yeah, yeah, same, same. Oh, my God, I need a glass after mm. a long day. And then I hung up the phone and I was like, we're 25 with, like, no stress <laughs> or no dependence. Like, what are we talking about? Like, yeah, I can so understand. It's pretty depressing. It's, it's too it's easy. So, anyway, maybe yeah. our birthday celebration can be at your house. Great. Yeah. With a fire pit. We'll get Gemma Watts. Yeah. We'll be there. Queen Gronk. Yeah. If, if Gemma's Queen Gronk. Party. Can we have like minions? Like a minion we, we've actually minion stopped grunks. all. Um, no, but you've already started. And now with the, there's a girl hierarchy, so I want to know where I sit. Well, we. This is the hard thing. This is what because I. Are you I, telling me you want to take away her crown? No. So this is what mm. happened. I cancelled all hierarchies about two two weeks ago due to some issues, <laughs> and uh, there was a, a lot of backlash from Jem yeah. and her. I didn't realise how much her audience has sort of. <laughs> Injected themselves mm. into ours, and well, so if she goes, they all go. So. Well, we've got Uncle Trev. Yeah, we've got which Uncle Trev. Great. So, what's a cousin or godmother or we'll godmothers, aunties? I was just thinking of what secondary to like Queen, Queen Gronk, and I was like, I don't know what that is. Duchess Gronk. What about like um, General Gronks? <laughs> no, what's the one? Who's the peasant Gronks? No, who, who are the people who liaise between the Queen and? The com- like I couldn't it, think the- of princess. So you are you talking about the governor general? Yeah, the governor, governor I'll general. I'll probably be governor general. <laughs> that governor. is pretty cool. Yeah, here governor, governor, <laughs> governor oh, Gronk. Wait, 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 I'll be president Gronk. Pre- no, you absolutely can't be not. Too can't, no. Oh my god, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> too late. <laughs> uh, we're excited for um, when you can announce things, and yeah. we should. Should go to La Porchetta or something nice <laughs> as a little as a little celebration. Do you Is know La Porchetta La... sponsoring this? No, 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 they're just getting freebies. But it's I... a nostalgia moment for him. Of course. Did you ever do La Porchetta? Yeah, lots I mean, of nostalgia sure. going yeah. on here. I remember having After the um... nipple games. Re- yeah. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. I've really See, tapped nostalgia. into something. Nostalgia. <laughs> nostalgia. Uh, before we go, um, Killer Pythons. Did you have Killer Pythons? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the nipple. Um, yeah, I did. What yeah. about the sour straps yeah, that you could sour... pull? Uh, the killer pythons nostalgia. are great. One dollar for a huge killer python. Like what were the one. other things? That whiz, um, whiz fizz yeah, was another big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, you. Red I mean, skin. you are the queen Wait, of lists at the moment. What's the hierarchy? What, what was the last high? Last, last hierarchy? hierarchy was one that I just did on my feed, which was anti-pasto platter foods. And the of thing course, about Michelle's hierarchies, and I haven't raised this with her, is that she chooses a genre, but the, the genres are a bit fucked, and the things that she chooses <laughs> don't really make sense. Like, there's a lot of like. Black spots. That's and what makes them spots, fun. I mean, Zara wants some stuff. very obvious, clear. To be honest, the more controversial, the better, because yeah. everyone gets so involved. I'm, I'm all for the controversial hierarchy. It's just the where jo- did blue cheese go on there? Yeah, she probably cheese, didn't have it. She in general, as items. a category, went number one. I think it was cheese That's number one. Uh, number two was olives. Big, big, big fan of Pitted olives. olives. Mm. Oh, any okay, any yeah. kind of olive. I'm not kidding. Like olives, I could live on them. For the rest mm-hmm. of my life. What about dip? Is that uh, a dip whole was genre? Dip quite low down, actually. You Dip's can't overrated. Have a whole <laughs> number six. I said hummus. That's dip. the thing. You can't have cheese as one category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hummus is another. Yeah, you yeah. absolutely can't. You're mixing dip. categories and subcategories. Excuse me. Who's made a name for themselves as the hierarchy queen? I know it's me. I might just start doing that. What's the next one that you're doing? Yeah, can we start one now? Uh, yeah, sure. Do you want to give me a topic and I'll do it this Friday? I think dog she breeds. should do people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Dog, dog breeds. Dog no, breeds. So I think I she should do people, dog. like something really brutal, like influencers. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> in conversation guests. I'll break yeah. them all. People in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll just do the Daily Talk Show boys. There'll be two spots, three spots. <laughs> exactly. oh, yeah. Yeah. Mate, you know who's winning best here. Yeah. <laughs> Josh. Uh, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, looking forward to the Lapaqueta. It'll, yeah. it'll be great. There, there is the, um, you know, the pizza that you have. 
on like that's like a it's like a sealed thing. Are you talking about time. calzone? Cal- yeah. yeah. First time I ever calzone. Calzone? 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 I don't know. I'm not Italian. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we'll have a calzone together. Oh, definitely. And uh, maybe a hot chocolate. Jan or Feb, we'll be able to announce. So we'll do something. Okay. Oh, it's going to be quite hot. I don't know if I feel like La Pocetta <laughs> in summer. We'll get some gelato. Gelati or gelato? Is it a gelato? Oh, it's actually, uh, I worked at an ice cream store for a long time. Um, I got a bit of RSI on my wrist from all the tough flavours. And you've done, you've sued them. <laughs> uh, my dad used to strap my wrist before Did he? <laughs> Really? <laughs> True story. I used to go with bandage. Anyway, uh, gelato. 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 I think. Right, well, okay. gelato. That, would, that would also be a great um, uh, hierarchy. Totally. Ice cream if, any, if, any, um, if any ice cream or gelato brands want to reach out and sponsor us, I'll also say yes to smoothie brands. Okay. Smoothie. Messina. Well, I mean, they're great. Sure. Messina, if you're listening, yeah. come Peter, aboard. Peter Pippo. Peter Pippo. Peter Pippo. Quite liquidy. Anyway, it's a daily talk show. Hi, the daily talk show.com is the email address. Shameless. Uh, just look at the top charts and they're there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there are other podcasts. Yeah, we'll see you at the top 500, guys. <laughs> uh, see you tomorrow. See ya. <laughs>